Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. It's great to be back with you folks this morning on this 131st podcast. And as always, I'm honored to have my friend and co-host, Stephanie Wesco. Stephanie, how are you today? You know what, Doug? I am hanging in there but rejoicing in the Lord. You know, well, you've been rejoicing since Philippians, and that's a good thing. We snuck a little bit of fine Lehman in there, and here we are on this 131st podcast. We're here to talk about Job, and I mean, he finds out about great trials coming up, and uh, we had yesterday's podcast, uh, or Friday's podcast, we had actually went back, and uh, we had done 1 through 12. We talked about the devil showing up at a meeting with God. And we heard a lot of stuff about Job, Stephanie. We heard that Job was this great guy, that he was blameless, that his kids were cool, his his boys had these great feasts. They were eating the prime rib, the filet mignon. They were inviting the daughters over. Everybody was harmonious. Uh, harmonious. It was like a, the Brady Bunch in, in a godly sense, man. People are getting along. People are happy with each other. Things are going great, and then God, nothing can happen to us. One of the things that I think really caught my attention the other day was that the devil has no power outside of God giving him permission or giving it to him. And uh, and I think that's what we're seeing here. And so now we, we've come to this place where we found out all these great things about Job. We, we found out that he was a good man. We found out that he was a good father. We found out that he was in God's will. And, uh, you know, that the sons presented themselves to God. Not only was he in God's will, but it, his family was in God's will. You know, there was no other, I think it said, like him on earth. And, and I'm summarizing. This is the Doug uh, International Version, which is not a good Bible version. This is me summarizing. Uh, but we found out that he was a pretty great guy. We found out that, uh, uh, that, that God gives him permission. And then we show up here in 13. We... We hear everything about Job, and now all of a sudden we get to this point where there's going to be some pretty traumatic losses and some terrible stuff going on, and, and it's a hard day for us, folks. I'm going to be honest with you. Stephanie and I prayed a few times and got ready for this. There's a lot going on here in the book of Job. When you talk about afflictions, when you talk about trials, when you talk about hard times, when you talk about things going upside down and life not being right and life not working out, I mean, who do you think of? Job. And uh, I believe that's what's going on there. And, uh, and, and because 4,000 years later, we can put this in context. And I'm going to try to do that at the end of this podcast to put this in context to more of a modern day thing. But over in the book of Job in chapter 1 and verse 13, it said, And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And, and the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Well, he was yet speaking, so this is already happening, and look, something else happens here. While he was talking about this, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and have burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only, I am escaped alone to tell thee. So we're up to two things, Stephanie, that he's found out about. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans 
made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and, slay, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was not yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eaten and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, in verse 19, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Oh my, Stephanie, there's a lot going on here. Job like yeah. loses everything right here. He he loses everything short of his wife right here. Uh, he loses the cattle, the camels, the the sons, the daughters. Uh, the world is upside down. And uh, and then that famous saying, naked, I came out of my mother's womb, and naked I shall return thither the Lord gave, and the Lord have taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And uh, wow, and all this Job sinned not. So let's look at these verses. Let's look at them together. And there was a day when his sons and daughters, so there's good stuff going on in verse 13. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them, and the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only escaped alone to tell thee. So, I mean, here we are, Stephanie, the first bit of bad news. And I guess that I'm seeing here in these verses... Uh, it, it looks like the, the oxen and uh, the donkeys and whatever you want to call them, uh, they took all that away. They took away the animals and, and, and the servants. And this was Now, that's some pretty bad news right there. To learn you've lost your servants, you lost all that. I mean, that's pretty catastrophic. If you hear that news alone, it's probably the worst day you've ever had your whole life up to that point. And I mean, what are you thinking when you, when you see Job getting this news? What, what comes to your mind? I see someone who Satan has obviously targeted. We know from where we sit reading the book, Satan had targeted this guy. And his ultimate purpose in this was to get Job to shake his fist in God's face. Exactly. Yeah. And so what I see is a man who at the same time he had Satan trying to get him to do that he had a god who i have to believe was dumping mega loads of his grace and strength on because a human cannot in and of himself go through all of that and not heal over and die and yeah i see a spiritual battle being waged for the testimony of one man yeah and I see a man who went through all of that and yet stayed surrendered to God being God and surrendered to his will of knowing what's best. And that just leaves me in awe Yeah, of Job and his commitment and love for the Lord. Absolutely. And I mean, here's Job experiencing the greatest blessings of God. I mean, he's got it all. 
uh, you know, here's a guy who has it all, has everything going for him. And, and, and exactly what you said, the devil's trying to distort what people think of Job and what Job turns into. You know, we've got a couple messengers that are the only ones who are living, but, but boy, they, they go around and they talk. And, and, you know, right after that, there's another one. And, uh, and, and when he was yet speaking in verse 16, there came another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and have burned up the sheep and the servants consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And uh, so here we go. Now the fire of God has fallen from heaven. And it's burned up the sheep, it's burned up the servants, and this only this one goes away. And right again, so you got the old double punch going on, Stephanie. And then, then you get to verse 17, and it says, While he was yet speaking, there came another and said the Chaldeans, uh, made out of three bands, and fell upon the camels, and carried them away, yea, and slain the servants un, uh, with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, and, and, and this just keeps on, it's a, it, it's a thing that keeps on going. And uh, there came another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And I got to believe this is freaking out the devil. Here they are sitting there and enjoying each other's company, living harmoniously, serving God together, uh, sons and daughters of a great man. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, totally demolished the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they were dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And now the response, Stephanie. I mean, that's we've got to look at this response. This response changes everything. This response is, I, I, I mean, it, it's just like it comes out, and, and it's, uh, I'm not sure I could be here. Then Job arose and rent his mantle, shaved his head, and fell upon the ground and worshiped. I mean, what do you think Job's doing here when he uh, rents his mantle, shaves his head, and falls upon the ground and worships? What? Do you, I mean, you've been close to what Job has went through here, uh, losing your dear husband. What's Job thinking? I mean, what's going on when he's shaving his head, when he's falling down upon the ground and worshiping? Well, I think, you know, he was in the most you know he went into shock um obviously with all this news thrown at him and um i think the renting it you know renting his mantle shaving his head and in a sense it was like his body gave way and i look at that when i see that he fell to the ground it was like he had no more strength to deal with this yeah. and he was in the deep, deepest depths of grief and loss and shock that any I think probably any human has ever been in but what gets me is that it that person's within worshipped and in the midst of that grief and shock he still clung to his God he did and he still gave God preeminence in his life yeah and surrendered I think he had to come have had to have come to point of surrender of God I don't see what you're doing but I'm still going to trust you. And I think that's what he was doing when he was worshiping. And he did that without the scriptures at his fingertips. He did that without the things that God's given us today. And, um, you know, I can only imagine the level of trauma he was going through here, mentally, emotionally, physically. 
and yeah. yet he stayed he he did not lose his trust in god yeah and and i mean i think that to totally understand 21 we need to be with what you're exactly speaking about in 20. you know uh because job he the worldly things are gone you know my hair i'm taking it off i i want to mourn i don't want to mourn as the world mourns i don't want to take this as the world takes it you would hear people you know at hang-ins or executions or losing loved ones just screaming and wailing and making no sense and 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 job goes in an opposite direction and uh you know he gives up his mantle he he shaves his head he falls upon the ground and worship and you got to believe there's tears there you got to believe there's uh you know everything you could ever imagine is right there and he's crying he's his head is shaved and and uh, he's making it just about God. He's 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 making this outward appearance. I believe you know he's he's he wants to make this outward appearance to look like I'm about mourning. I'm about trusting God, so I worship because their servants are there. You have four servants there or whatever, and uh, uh, and we guess maybe Job's wife, Mrs. Job's there. And, but then he says, after you know that, after you know in 20, he shaved his head, he's, uh, he fell down upon the ground uh, and he worshiped. And then he said these words, and boy, we've heard these words many times, Stephanie. Naked came I out of my mother's womb. So he's saying, you know, I came into the world with nothing at all. I was born because God chose to born me, you know, that I'd be born, that, that I'd, you know, my birth would be here. He gave me a mother. He gave me a father that's earthly, but this is God. God knew me uh, in my mother's womb is what we know from Jeremiah. We know that that God knows a baby at the earliest of conception. God knows it's going to be conceived. It, it goes farther back than that. So God knows before the conception. And, uh, and I think Job's getting that. And he's saying, listen, I came out of the womb naked. I could have been born to anybody, anywhere, anything. I could not have one of the things I have now. This has all been God's blessing. My kids have all been God's uh, blessing for me. My servants have all been God's blessing for me. My animals, uh, my farm has all been a blessing for me. And, uh, and naked I shall return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So his prayer, I think his statement there, Stephanie, speaks volumes. He's saying, you know, listen, I was born and by the grace of God, these things have happened to me. By the grace of God, I get to serve him. By the grace of God, I have this farm. By the grace of God, I'm rich. By the grace of God, I have servants. And he goes on and on, but he ends in verse 21. And I think 20 and 21 go together really well here. And because while we're understanding that he shaved his head, that he rent his mantle, that he's down on the ground, he's worshiping God. When we get that concept, we get this idea, you know, people in that day wore a big, beautiful robe. The rich people did. You could pick out who the boss was. You could pick out, you get the idea that he gave up all that. And then he gets on the ground and he says, blessed be the name of the Lord. How do you do that, Stephanie? How do you get to that place? Well, you get to that place long before you're at that place in the sense of Job couldn't couldn't have responded the way he responded unless he knew God long before this happened to him. And we know that Job had a walk with God. I mean, God in chapter one had told Satan, you know, that have you considered my servant Job? But there is none like him in the earth. 
there was literally not another person in the world at that time who walked closer with God. Yeah. And he had to have that walk with God or he could not have responded this way to everything that just happened to him. You got to. I mean, how are you going to respond? I mean, you get the, well, you were unfortunately part of the murder of Charles by that gunman there in Cameroon. And, 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 and I mean, what's the, your first instinct, obviously, was to try to keep Charles alive and to try to keep Charles, young Charles, uh, from getting hurt and get down the road with Ben an hour to the hospital. And when you realize, I mean, when do you realize that, that Charles is gone? Uh, in your in your um, context yeah well I um, when we got him to the first clinic and um, like I said they took me back they took Ben and Charles to a different room and they took me back and I didn't understand that at that point they thought I had been shot and so um, because of how drenched I was in blood and so because of that I got to see Charles that last time and saw him from the front. And at that point, I very much, it was like the Lord let that happen so that I would know um, in my heart. I, I, even though I kept clinging to hope that maybe perhaps somehow some, and I knew God could do a miracle, but I knew from a physical perspective what he looked like from a front, from the front. There was, I didn't see any way that there was any possibility he could live. Yeah. And um, you know, he had bled out, he had been, his head had been completely disintegrated. And so because of that, God gave me in a sense a peace before I was even officially told by the doctors of knowing that Charles, and I didn't comprehend you know, that he had been, um, physically, it was like, you, you know, when your brain's completely blown apart, you're dead. And so, um, I believe Charles was with the Lord instantly. And um, and there was a strange peace that came with that. And yes, my heart broke. But um, when I look back, God's presence was so real with us in those couple of hours. And um, it's not anything I'll be able to ever explain. But his presence was so real. And he was so evidently there with us in those hours. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I mean, I, I guess, I, I don't know how you could even breathe without him at that point and all the craziness. And obviously you had your uh, constitution and knowing that you had to take care of uh, the great eight, your wonderful eight children. And, uh, but you get to the hospital and, you know, or two hospitals, however, and they finally give you the word that you would ask the doctor, I believe, as your book said that, you know, is, is Charles with Jesus. And, and, uh, and he told you that Charles was. And without getting, you know, too nosy, I mean, what's your, what became your reaction at that particular point? How did, how did you go from hearing that to next up or whatever the case may be? Um, It's hard, I know. Yeah. And if you want to skip this for a while, we can gladly do that. I remember just sitting down and just weeping. Yeah. 
And I remember Charles telling me, you have to stop crying, Mom. He knew I had been, um, before we went to Cameroon, my health had collapsed. And so Charles knew that physically I was not strong. And so Charles was afraid, I think, at that point. My son Charles was afraid at that point that I was going to completely collapse. And he said, Mom, you got to stop crying so much because you're going to get hurt. And um, I remember we all hugged Ben and Charles and I, and Ben felt so bad and kept saying, I'm so sorry. And I was like, this is not you. This isn't your fault. And um, I think I think in those moments, God had to have been holding us all up. Yeah. Because when I think back, I honestly don't know how the three of us didn't completely lose it at that point except that God was holding us and his grace was keeping us from completely you know falling apart at that point yeah yeah I get that and wow and so then we then we get to this place Stephanie and again I'm sorry and and folks just just for total uh, disclosure with you guys and you know we knew coming in that the book of Job especially the first couple chapters were going to be very difficult uh for stephanie and uh and honestly we're prayed up we we talked about this we even considered uh going over and doing another book of the bible but we felt like god wanted us to go through job at this stage and uh um of stephanie's healing from the terrible trials and stuff and but then we get the first 22 stephanie and it says in all this job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. So, you know, there'd be a lot of people that would be pretty angry at God right there. And they may say some things that are bad. I think that's what the Bible's talking about here, Stephanie. They may turn around and say, God, why? God, you did this terrible thing to me. Job didn't do this. He he didn't sin. Through all these trials, I think there's a model for us. And I know you never sinned against God, too. I want to say that as... I edited your book and, and helped where I could as you wrote that beautiful book, To Die Is Gain, uh, Find an Abundant Life and Death. I mean, a great manuscript, uh, fantastic manuscript. And, but I, I think in the midst of this, there's a model on how we should act when our trials come. Yes. I, I, I mean, are you seeing that here? Yeah, I think God, God set up Job to be an example for his people for the rest of eternity yeah. to show um, what someone who is filled with God's grace, who is being supported, who is being, you know, their very oxygen in the midst of trials is God and his grace and his peace. Wow. And, you know, I think something you said to me, um, when we first started, you know, when you first started counseling me with the PTSD, um, was there's a difference between asking God why yeah, and questioning God. And I know that doesn't make any sense, uh, maybe just to say that, say it that way, but I did ask God why I did say, Lord, what, what's he, what are you doing here? And yet I remember when God it literally like burned Romans eight twenty eight into my heart the day Charles was killed and just kept ringing it in my ears 
that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen. And so there's that dichotomy of, yes, I, I did ask the Lord what he was doing and why. But at the same time, God was so good in giving me his word as that lamp and light to my feet to say, are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me with the wise? And are you going to trust me that this doesn't, this is included in all things in your life that are working together for good. And I think there's a surrender factor here that's not specifically spelled out. Yeah. And I think so. Yeah. Job did not sin. He did not charge God foolishly because he was surrendered that God, God was best. Yes. And what God did was best. Amen. And I, you know, friends, as we as we close out this 131st podcast, there's a lot more than can be said here, and it's going to be said in the 132nd podcast and 133rd, and uh, we're not going anywhere from Job. This is going to, we'll be back tomorrow morning and doing another Job podcast together, but just hang in there. A couple things I want to remind you that didn't happen here. First of all, we see other people, we see the, uh, the Apostle Paul over in uh, Timothy saying that, you know, we come... Uh, with nothing we leave with nothing when we go to heaven. So remember that lesson there. We also see it in Ecclesiastes 5.15 and the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 6.7 and we see that. But there's some things that Job uh, that Job did here that I made notes of in my Bible a long time ago and I, I want to share them with you. Job made a stand against fear and did not give way to panic here. I mean, so many people would panic. I know we're going a little longer than we usually do, but I want—I wanted to read these notes to you. Uh, Job made a stand against make-believe, pretending, and appropriately mourned. Job made a stand against pride and humbled himself before God. Job made his stand against self and decided to worship God. Job made his stand against a time-bound mindset and chose to think in terms of eternity. Job made his stand against unbelief and did not give to vain questions of God. Job made his stands against despair and saw the hand of God even in catastrophe. Job made his stand against anger and did not blame God. Folks, if we can get anything out of that, let's hop on this example. Let's know that what Job here did was right. You know, we saw his outward response. We saw him shave his head. We, uh, we saw him worship. We saw his inward response, uh, you know, fall on the ground and worship. We saw the inward response of going right to God and uh, trusting in God, pointing out those different things. And that's so significant. That's so important to understand that. But listen, we're going to be back tomorrow morning. We're thrilled and honored to be with you. May God bless you. Stephanie, any last uh, tidbit you want to share on our way out today? I don't think so. I think you covered it. All right, my friends. May God bless you. And we'll talk with you tomorrow morning. Thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources and to help continue this podcast, visit us at woundedspirits.com.